0: your passion and your work, now that dog will hunt. In episode one with Jeff Berry, we discussed how his passion for adventure drove his connection to land. Through time with his father, a generational love for land was passed down. Here in episode two, we explore how land became a business. It was really neat to see how your family influenced your life so much, starting with your dad's love for the outdoors and hunting and going on trips to the farm that y'all had and going out there. And then the eventual development of that farm, which, as you told us, really launched your real estate career and really launched um, your professional life. Um, talk a little bit more about that. While it's not rural land, uh, you were doing a lot of developing initially, uh, for residential purposes, but, but talk a little bit more about that and just the way that you kind of learned that business and, and, um, uh, you know, just the, the benefit that it was that's, that's leading to more of what we'll talk about in a few minutes with, Mm -hmm. with rural land.
1: Yeah. As far as the, kind of the business opportunity the the major one i had through my dad's farm was meeting this veteran developer and land broker who was one of the more active uh subdivision developers in um you know shelby county at the time and so he he told me you know he basically our arrangement was that you know i didn't have any 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 money but he was like i can get the financing and uh and teach you the business and you go find the deals and do the work and so it was a that was actually a great, uh, I guess, also introduction in just to the value of a partnership. And I've always tried to have, have partners on my deals. I think I pretty much have on all of them ever since. The whole two minds are better than one uh, uh, motto. And I've really seen that to come in handy. And it was, it was, it was essential particularly starting out because, you know, I couldn't get financing or what have you. So I would say as far as land investment and development, that's another thing to keep in mind is, you know, my dad had, there's just various ways to go about that. My dad had, you know, he didn't have the cash at the time. And so he was able to arrange a, uh, you know, an agreement with the owner and, and and have a note with him and pay it off over time. I was able to uh, get with a partner who had those means and provide uh, a value, and then he as well. And so there's just different ways to go about investing or getting into the land business. Um, and then we would go to, to banks and get loans for our deals to buy the land and put in the subdivision and the lots and what have you. But he had the backing in order to get those loans. So a lot of people I've seen will you know get a backer to help them. Uh, as well. So that, that was just a, a very valuable uh, uh, time. I, I mean, he just taught me so much about the business, and I'm very thankful for that. And so, for, you know, like I said 10, 15 years, we developed subdivisions primarily out in uh, the suburban areas, Southeast Shelby County, Collierville, and Bartlett. And so I, I got to, you know, even though that wasn't wild and wilderness and rural land. It, it was, they were always on the outskirts, you know, and so I always, you know, got to walk land and, you know, and be on land. A lot of deals you, you, you spend time on and getting to know and, and, and learning and you don't, you know, make an offer on and try and some you do and somebody else gets it or what have you. But it was just a, a great time of, of, uh, in business as well as, you know, being able to be out on the land and,
0: well it's interesting because you so you basically learned really the ins and outs of, of topography, of um, you know, things that you needed to do with ground um, through this residential developing. But after, like you said, a ten or fifteen year period, you finally got to this place where because your real passion has always been outdoors. It's always been hunting. Uh, you're, you're one of maybe the most avid hunter that I know. And you all of a sudden got to this point where, uh, you were able to marry those two things. I've got some business expertise and I've got a passion for hunting and being outdoors. And, and so around was it the late 1990s kind of when you started focusing a little bit more on rural land and talk about that the transition to that and kind of what got you into it
1: yeah I think as much as anything I was as part of my ADD I guess I get kind of bored in a business after 10 or 15 years and and I was just at a little bit of a you know, looking for something else in the land business. And like you said, I've always loved the outdoors, um, rural, almost the, the wilder, uh, the better. And I had the opportunity, uh, through a friend to, you know, to, to take my development experience with land. And he had a real financial background as well as a, uh, Uh, a lot of background in in duck hunting these particular areas of arkansas and so he was wanting to to you know get to, to try that kind of a i guess you would call it a farmland slash recreational land business so we we went ahead and we bought one farm that was a very you know very marginal ag piece uh farmland piece and one that we thought could have potential you know in particularly duck hunting and because it's close to Memphis and that was part of our philosophy to to have properties within an hour's drive of Memphis and so we went in and bought this property and it it also one thing that we focused on was the conservation angle um and so we would take the 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 worst of the farmland and generally put it into different conservation programs and plant trees i mean we planted and I, I had ended up having a couple partners in you know these this business through the 10-15 years i was really focused on it and uh it was a you know we planted hundreds and hundreds of thousands of trees also were able to develop wetlands in a lot of the lower areas and then the farmland we would take that that had potential and develop it uh level it in a lot of cases, uh, and and irrigate it to where it was far more efficient uh, farmland. And so we kind of maximize that value and then take the other parts that weren't so good and maximize that from a recreational standpoint. And so, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed that angle as well, the conservation slash environmental angle, along with the, the wildlife and the business side. And I feel like that's just a great Model too, of kind of you know the government and private business like a marriage to where it's a win win on that is on the business as well as the environmental side, and so we would you know it would take years to get these farms we moved from that farm and did others and it would it took you know it'll take sometimes years to get the property right um and that's what I've always enjoyed is the development side. I'm not a good manager, and I tried that one time for a landowner that I'd helped, and he pretty quickly told me, he "Goes, you're a you're a developer and and a salesman, but you're a terrible manager." <laughs> and he was he was right. So anyway that that was a. I just a business that I really enjoyed um, with you know all kinds of properties we would we would do and and buy and and improve we weren't really developing them but we were improving them and then we were um, you know managing them for a short period of time for the ag agriculture the environmental and the wildlife side and then generally would sell those properties to somebody that was wanting you know uh, a piece a tract that was ready to go uh, from a wildlife and or, you know, farm income side. Well,
0: you, you just covered a ton that I want to, um, I want to kind of stop and ask you about uh, is that it's got to be intimidating to um, take a piece of property if you've never owned it with Seasons, the Seasons podcast, our purpose is to educate people about farm ground, recreational ground, and to see a 100 people that don't own farms to, to purchase one, because we think it's a great investment. And so, it had to be pretty intimidating, and maybe not for you, because you came from a background of having been on a farm with your dad, but... Um, any any insights or suggestions because i would think a lot of people that may be listening to this may say man i'd love to do something like that whether it be just for my family whether it be more of a business model like what you were just describing um but uh it, it, you know it seems like big barrier big hurdles to get over to get into it and did you find it that way was it difficult did you um were there were there you know, were you intimidated by the process? i mean, what 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 about getting into it?
1: I would say I was more excited, you know, by the opportunity and the process. and you know you when when investing or or, or buying a piece of land, you don't want to, you don't want to ever uh, you know take on something that's too big um, financially. Or within your realm of of expertise and so I think between like my partner at the time and myself I had a lot of experience in the land business he had experience in the with particularly with waterfowl in this area and 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 so we we, we took on us I would say a smaller project to start uh, to kind of learn because I think in anything when you do it the first time you're gonna learn and so I guess from what I, uh, you know, my advice would be for investors to to take on uh, something that, particularly financially, that they can handle and hold on to for a while because land is an illiquid asset, right? And right. so it's not like you just go to the bank and get your, your money out or sell your stock or what have you. So it was a, uh, I, I mean, that, that, so i think we intentionally took on to see if if what we thought would work would work so kind of like starting any business you you know generally want to you know crawl walk run so to speak and so that's what we did and we learned you know different parts of farming things we had done wrong things we had done right and we tried to take that you know to the next property and then continue to learn i mean everything that's that's one of the things about every piece of land is different And so there's always something to learn and something new to discover, which is something that excites me and um, provides an opportunity there. So, you know, I think you you do your research on what are the comps. At the time, uh, the type farms that we knew about these, you know, these were not improved high-yielding, you know, ag tracks. And so there was a certain general market of price range for that type of farm, and we would try to find that, you know, Type of farm in the areas that we knew could have potential for duck hunting. In this case, of course, my dad's investment model was different in that he he bought a a farm, but it was a a kind of a at the time it was rural. It ended up being suburban, and so it was in the path of growth. You know, eventually over thirty years, but it was all pastures and you know an old barn and the cattle, and so the investment can. Uh, work with timber I've helped people as you know uh, you then moved into and with you into the land brokerage side and have helped people and we've helped people with the different conservation easements and government program side of a uh, potential of a property and then uh, here even in the Holly Springs area uh, timber tracks and so you know timber can be a whole nother different type of a model where you manage the timber have cuttings when it's necessary to help with your your cash flow and managing the property, and then you replant and 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 go at at, at that type of model. Uh, there can be conservation easements with that as well as well as the wildlife development. So instead of a focus on waterfowl, it might be on turkeys and deer. And so they're they're just depending on what type of a of a land piece of land that you, you know you're interested in and have available. Um, there's just different options and opportunities that could come with each. And so those are some of the uh, parts of how we went about it.
0: Yeah, and full disclosure, which I think I failed to mention earlier, um, we uh, were broker partners for uh, several years that you just mentioned and, and referred to and worked together. In fact, you really, I'd been in real estate for um basically all of my professional career but you are the one that really convinced me to get into the rural side the farmland side and um so anyway just full disclosure on that i do want to come back to i think a lot of people are interested in the conservation side of things uh today just with um a lot of the rhetoric that we hear and um, there are some really good programs out there you don't necessarily have to go into the programs but you might explain like you would take a farm that maybe had some really marginal farm ground right Mm -hmm. and you would transition this thing into something really productive and beneficial for wildlife for the environment in general and just Talk a couple of minutes about that conservation side, if you will
1: yeah i mean I, I think we we should all try to be the best stewards of of the land that we can, and um, that's a important i think part of of land ownership and investment and it and it ends up over time being also best for the investment side, not just the environmental side but so yeah we would we would you know try to focus on a property. Um, and then as we improved it from a, a farm, farming side and or uh, recreational side by planting trees and installing these wetland areas, you know, I think by the end, the goal was to have a, a track that was improved in uh, its effect on the environment, which is, which is important, and also on its income potential through uh, the farm farm income and of course you can also have in, you know income through uh leasing out your your hunting rights once especially you know in the better uh that you improve and manage and prove them to be the 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 more potential you have on the the rental income from that as well as the farm side so our our goal was to buy the time we were done and then sold it it would be a truly improved kind of farm from I don't know say a holistic level um, environmentally and investment and income wise
0: that's interesting to hear I think a lot of people don't understand those opportunities that are out there nowadays and um, and so I appreciate you sharing that Um, the the conservation side I think is an interesting part to be able to take something really improve it benefit from it financially uh, but at the same time really leave a really kind of a legacy to, to um, improvement and improving the land. So uh, I think that's interesting and appreciate you sharing that on the, on the conservation side. There is great diversity in land and every tract of land is different. Therefore, land presents an opportunity to always be learning and experiencing something new. While many different individual models of land ownership can be successful, we encourage taking a holistic approach to be the best steward of the land possible. At Seasons Podcast, our purpose is to educate people about land investment, with the goal of seeing a hundred people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. For more information, go to our website, delta-farmland.com. Thank you for joining us today.